the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently, we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview, and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Let's pray. Avinu Malkinu, our Father and our King. We declare our love to you, we worship you, we magnify you, we thank you for this season, this fall-appointed times that you have in your word, that we celebrate you uh, in a stronger way, Lord, that we focus on you, we, we, we just see the amazing things that you do in our lives. So, Lord... Uh, I just pray that this program will be anointed for your uh, service, Lord, for us to serve you and and to bless you, that we are truly ambassadors, not only of you, but your word, and that uh, people will rejoice as they get encouraged by your word. We thank you and praise you and honor you in the name of Yeshua. Amen and amen. So, um, just uh, to keep you in the news, so to speak, on Saturday, October 14th, this next Saturday, we'll celebrate Simcha Torah, which means the joy of the Torah, and um, we'd like you to come celebrate with us. We read from the Torah, the end of the book of Deuteronomy and the beginning of Genesis, We march around the sanctuary at least seven times, and we rejoice greatly in God's Word. So you can check us out on the website, our website, shoreshdavid.org. We love visitors. Come and bring your Jewish friends. I think they'll have a blast. Um, Email me this week at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org or call Karen at 813-831-5673. I'll send you my newest prayer card called In His Presence. Uh, This will prepare you for next week's teaching. How about that for something a little different? I'll send you the card this week. It'll prepare you for next week in his presence because we'll be teaching about uh, being in the presence of God. At this time, let's finish the Holy Day summary that we started last week. 
We were beginning to look at the fall appointed times from a prophetic viewpoint. So let's start with Yom Teruah, or other people know it as Rosh Hashanah. And we see here that the greatest shofar blast is yet to come. Matthew 24.30, then the sign of the Son of Man will come again in heaven, and then all the tribes of the land will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He will send out his angels with the great shofar, and they will gather together his chosen from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. I mean, uh, is, does that make you smile? And look, this, we believe, I believe this is going to happen on Rosh Hashanah. This is the day of the blowing, the day of the trumpets, the day of the shofar. It also says in uh, 1 Thessalonians four sixteen to 18, For the Lord himself shall come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the blast of God's shofar, and the dead in Messiah shall rise first. Then we who are alive who are left behind will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So I pray that you're encouraged with these words, but I also pray that you'll see the prophetic understanding of Rosh Hashanah. Now, as we look at Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, okay, I'm going to make a maybe a bold statement. The atonement of Yeshua reaches backwards and in the present and forwards so that every person who has ever existed has the opportunity to repent before God and be saved. What an awesome thing. Now you say, where did I get that from? Well, let's take a look at a couple of verses. Hebrews 11.13. These all died in faith without receiving the things promised. But they saw them and welcomed them from afar, and they confessed that they were strangers and sojourners on the earth. So I believe this is 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 saying something similar to what I said, but even more, l- listen to Yeshua, John eight fifty four, starting there. Yeshua answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who gives me glory, the one of whom you say he is our God. Yet you do not know him, but I know him. If I say I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. Yet I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was thrilled. And the Judeans said to him, you're not even 50 years old and you've seen Abraham? Yeshua answered, amen and amen. I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. Oh, come on now, guys. <laughs> you, it's got to put, um, you, you know, the hairs on your head, uh, on your body's got to stand up when you, when you read God's word and, and the awesomeness of it. Well, that's Yom Kippur from a prophetic point of view. Now looking at Sukkot from a prophetic point of view. Uh, Sukkot uh, points us to the time when God will dwell with us in the holy city, Yerushalayim, or Jerusalem. 
So we see in Zechariah 8.3, thus says Adonai, I will return to Zion and dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the city of truth and the mountain of Adonai Tzivaot, which is the Lord of hosts, will be called the holy mountain. And I believe this is when, you know, we will dwell in Jerusalem, right? That's what Sukkot is. It's, it's, uh, it's the feast of booths, but it's also the feast of indwelling and, and to dwell together with the Lord. Zechariah 14, uh, 8 and 9 says, Moreover, in that day living waters will flow from Jerusalem, half toward the eastern sea and half toward the west sea, both in the summer and in the winter. Adonai will then be king over all the earth. In that day, Adonai will be Echad, or one, and his name one. So at that point, we will not need to be commanded to be joyful. There will be no holding back on our exaltations. We will be exalting. Uh, Our bodies are temporary structures, like the booths at Sukkot. A day is coming when we will be given new bodies, we'll realize eternity, and the Lord will be with us always. So Revelation 7.17 says, For the Lamb in the midst of the throne shall shepherd them and guide them to springs of living water. Remember we talked about living water last week, about Yeshua saying, Come, and I will give you living water. And and then it says, and God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. Look, Sukkot is a special holy day. In Zechariah 14, 16, it says, Then all the survivors from all the nations that attacked Jerusalem will go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to celebrate Sukkot. Furthermore, If any of the nations on earth do not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, they will have no rain. If the Egyptians do not go up and celebrate, they will have no rain. Instead, there will be a plague that Adonai will inflict on the nations that do not go up to celebrate Sukkot. This will be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all the nations that do not go up to celebrate Sukkot. So I wanted you to kind of see uh, what we're talking about when we say the the prophetic uh, nature of the fall feasts. And so we believe that that God is going to come at Rosh Hashanah one year, and and at Yom Kippur he's going to give people that last moment where they can receive him. And then we're going to tabernacle as Sukkot comes. We tabernacle with the Lord in the air. Amen? All right. So the summary of the fall feasts from a personal point of view, and if you've listened to me any amount of time at all over the years, you know I have all these R's, letter R's, that um, give us an understanding of the fall feast from a personal spiritual point of view. So here we go. Rosh Hashanah, we reflect as we get quiet before the Lord, we recognize our sins, and we repent of our sins. Yom Kippur, we're redeemed as our sins are forgiven, reconciled to God and to man, and receive God's love and mercy. Sukkot, what can you do after you receive God's love and mercy? Sukkot, rejoice in the Lord. 
remember the Lord and retell about the Lord's love. Well, uh, after Sukkot, there is something called the eighth day. This is biblical. Look in Leviticus 23. We will have services and close our offices on that day, as it says not to work. But then we will have, as I mentioned earlier, um, we will celebrate Simcha Torah. Now, Simcha Torah is not a biblical holy day, but we're going to celebrate it anyway. Not Why? Well, first of all, it's tradition. Second of all, I mean, you can't get more biblical than rejoice in God's word, right? And we're, as I said, we're going to read from Deuteronomy, read from Genesis, both in Hebrew and English. We, we dance around the sanctuary with the Torah. It's a great time of joy and focusing on God's word. So we will uh, celebrate on uh, Saturday, October the 14th. Come at 11. We're in South Tampa. This is a great service to come and join us. And um, as I said, it, it, just look on our website or call our office. Um, now, the results of all these R's are more R's. <laughs> so what happens when we do all these things and go through the fall feast? Number one, we're renewed. Number two, we're refreshed. And number three, we are revived. Look, we need this kind of revival in our lives now. Wouldn't you agree? Amen, right? Rejoicing is a commandment in Leviticus 2340. But we are to rejoice all the time and certainly at Sukkot. Now, based on the fact that our life should be a mirror or mirror the sequence of the fall feast, and at the end, we're to rejoice, then it's reasonable to believe that we are able to and commanded to rejoice always. One of my favorite scriptures about this is Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Let's look at it so that not only do we realize that it is a command, but we also see how to accomplish this. It's hard to rejoice given all the circumstances that we are surrounded with. Certainly, what's happened in Puerto Rico and Mexico and now Las Vegas this week, uh, I mean, you just want to cry. And, and, and we hear about it and think about it all the time. But the, summer, uh, the, 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 the understanding of rejoicing always requires us to do two things. We need to make a choice to rejoice. And we need to make it a habit of that choice. So as an example, um, as somebody who is in the ministry, uh, if our attendance was low and our point, PowerPoint was incorrect and people were making mistakes in the liturgy and there's a baby screaming and other things going on in the service and everything seems to be falling apart, the question is, can I focus on God and his goodness and his faithfulness? And I believe that God requires that. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. This is Philippians 4.4 4, and now 5. Let your gentleness be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, 
by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the shalom of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Messiah Yeshua. So develop the habit of rejoicing in him. Develop the habit of being gentle. Develop the habit of knowing that he is near. Develop the habit of praying with thanksgiving. And develop the habit of receiving from the Lord the peace that he wants you to have. Philippians 4.8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any virtue, if there's anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Dwell means to live. We are to live in the positive. We are to live in the excellence. Anger and frustration are bad for you because they cause you to dwell on the negative instead of the sovereignty of God in your life. Just take Philippians 4, 8 and read it daily until you understand that we are to think of things that are good. Sometimes, like in, in Hebrews 10.33, it says, Sometimes you were publicly exposed to abuses and afflictions, and other times you became partners with those who were treated this way. Verse 34, For you suffered along with prisoners and joyfully accepted the plundering of your possessions, knowing that you have for yourself a better and lasting possession. Therefore, do not lose your boldness, which has great reward. God is saying to us, lose your joy and you're going to lose your boldness to share about the great reward. We are to suffer joyfully. If we lost our possessions, but know that we have better possessions from the Lord, then we will be able to rejoice. This is really important, especially in these past couple weeks to take this into our heart. Acts 5, they took uh, his advice, called in the emissaries, this is verse 40, flogged them, ordered them not to continue speaking in the name of Yeshua, and let them go. Verse 41, so they left the presence of the Sanhedrin rejoicing that they were considered worthy to be dishonored on account of his name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming Yeshua as the Messiah. They had a habit of rejoicing in the Lord. They rejoiced even after they were whipped. They were able to continue to proclaim Yeshua because they were rejoicing. They could come they could uh, have concentrated on the unfair treatment that they had received. They could have complained, but yet they rejoiced in the Lord always. Isaiah sixty-five eighteen. But be glad and rejoice forever. How long? Forever. How long is forever? Forever. <laughs> I'll read it again. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For behold, I am creating Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for joy. Then I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No longer will the voice of weeping or the voice of crying be heard in her. 
Okay, so we are to rejoice in Jerusalem. We're to rejoice in the people of Israel. We're to rejoice in the Lord who made them. God will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in his people. Nehemiah 8 says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? So God rejoices in us. When we follow him, he rejoices and we have strength. Zephaniah 3.14 says, Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O Israel. Rejoice and exult wholeheartedly, O daughter of Jerusalem. Adonai, your God, is in your midst, the mighty Savior. He will delight over you with joy. He will quiet you with his love. He will dance for joy over you with singing. Oh, my goodness. Is this amazing? God gives us reasons to rejoice. He gives us commandments to rejoice. He gives us a way to rejoice as he tells us to develop positive habits. You know, the Levites gave the command to be joyful, but until the people actually went away and practiced joy, they did not know it. Will you practice joy with with your spouse, with your children, with your coworkers? If you can practice joy in the midst of lean times, you'll move quickly from surviving to thriving. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. Abundance of joys are in your presence, eternal pleasures at your right hand. God's path of life, abundance of joys in his presence, eternal pleasures at his right hand. The heart of Messiah is, is all about rejoicing. Luke 15, 10, in the same way I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Heaven rejoices when sinners repent. There's rejoicing going on all the time. Acts 16, 33 and 34, starting with 32, then they spoke the word of the Lord to him along with everyone in his household. He took them that very hour and washed their wounds and at Once he was immersed, he and all his household, the jailer brought them to his house, set food before them, and he was overjoyed that he was with his entire household had put their trust in God. Are we getting this yet? Psalm 16, 9. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. Psalm 118.24, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Isaiah 55.12, for you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Wow. Romans 1513, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and shalom and trusting so you may overflow with hope in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh. Look, there are two aspects of joy. One is hope and the other is trust. Reminds me of 1 Peter 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you trust him. And you are filled with a joy that is glorious beyond words, receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. uh, James 1, 2 says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. 
knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect way so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Well, there's more, but you know, we're going to have to stop here. Email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org or call Karen at 813-831-5673. I'll send you my newest prayer card. I really think this is going to be great for you in his presence. And then next week, I'll be teaching about how to come from this card into the presence of God. So if you have this card, the teaching will be so much better for you. If you're able to send us a financial gift in honor of God during these holy days, to keep our radio program on the air, uh, we would really appreciate it. I pray that this broadcast touch your heart and that we will talk again next week as you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close with a word of prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.